to see your faces again here today. Um, I'm excited also next week we're going to have a guest speaker, uh, Gabriel Frey. He will be speaking here next week. We'll be here, but uh, it gives me a day to not have to prepare a sermon, and uh, um, it, it's a welcome day for me in addition to my job that I work during the week. So I look forward to hearing what Gabriel has to uh, share with us next week. You don't want to miss that. Um, today we're going to continue in the series on the family of God. How many know that the family of God is important? How, how many have a family, I'm talking about a biological family, your kids, your, your external family that you just love and appreciate? That should be all of you here today, every single one of you. But <clears throat> I also understand that some of you may have been brought up in loving homes like that, and others may not have <clears throat> excuse me, had that. And that's life. Life is not fair. Have you figured that out yet? Life is not fair. And uh, thank you very much. Give props to my daughter there she, for taking care of her dad there. Give me some water. I need that. So one of, one of the things that we, we discover with, with having a good family is that it gives you a sense of security. How many know that you can feel secure when you know you're loved? When you know someone's watching over you or taking care of you, your needs are met. Growing up as children, most of us felt secure because we knew that we were being taken care of. You didn't, in fact, some of us as adults longed to be back there as a, as a seven-year-old, as a six-year-old, not have to worry about bills, about rent, about mortgage, about credit cards, about you know, the rising cost of eggs and toilet paper and gas and all those crazy things, right? You know, kids, they don't realize how good they have it until you get out on your own. And then it's a reality that slaps you across the face going, hey, I didn't have it so bad back there, right? A anyways, I'm not talking to anybody in particular here. But we as believers can never forget, though, that every one of us has been adopted into the family of God. God has adopted every single one of you, sons and daughters of God Almighty. Can I get an amen? amen? See, when Jesus saves us, we're blessed richly. There's so much more. There's doors that open up to you when you begin to belong to a family of God that, that you don't have when you don't go through those doors. You see, God adopts us as our father and we have his presence within us and all around us. In fact, God speaks to us in the Bible, in his word, truth and wisdom on every page. If there's anything that you ever should pray for, it's wisdom. Pray for wisdom every day. I, I, I promise you that'll be the best thing you can pray for. Not to be rich, not to be successful, because if you have wisdom, you can get there. But if you don't have wisdom, you'll never have a, a chance in blankety-blank. But God speaks to us in the Bible, amen? He brings clarity in our lives. And see, these are some of the things that he brings to us. We have a family in the church. We have the capacity to be good and righteous people. We can think with the mind of Christ. We can, or we have help with every problem. We are loved at every turn, Death's sting is gone and no longer ha uh, has a curse on us, and we have the hope of everlasting life. Empty lives are fulfilled. We are lame people walking. 
We are blind people seeing. We are criminals that have been released. Substance abusers set free, forgiven, and we were dead, but now we're raised to life. Can you give me a hallelujah just for that? Amen? All of you should be thankful because just like me and you, such were some of you. Amen? The Lord deserves our praise just for that and that alone. We're blessed beyond measure. And I want to take you to our scripture verse for the day found in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verses 14 through 19. And it'll be up on the screen for you. You have a handout as well. I like to make sure you get it in multiple ways so, so that you don't get lost. So let's pick it up in Ephesians. This is the Apostle Paul writing, who's given credit for writing 13 of the New Testament books. This is the Apostle Paul. He says in verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you, with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a, beautiful, what a beautiful set of scriptures there. Paul is conveying here of, of the beautiful blessing of being part of the family of God. Amen? Of, of the love of God that is now being poured out upon you. That at one time when we didn't know him, when we didn't walk with him, we were not privy to. It's just like when you come into a relationship, when you met your spouse, all of a sudden, everything is just beautiful, right? Nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm reminded of my brother-in-law right now who just recently got married, and everything in the world is just beautiful. It's just roses, and, and everything's going to be that way for the rest of his life, according to him. Well, we know that doesn't work that way, amen? Um, there are blessings that we have that we're, we're, we're not exposed to unless we belong into that family of God. Just like uh, in, in marriage, there are blessings that you'll never have unless you're exposed to that. Uh, I, I, so what do I mean by the family of God? And I mentioned this last week. It's those around you right now. Just look around. Take a look around. Those around you are the family of God. This is the church. The church isn't this metal building there used to be a fabrication welding shop in here years ago. This is not the church. It's you and I that are the church. And every single church building here in American Canyon, and every single church in the state of California, the nation, the world, it's not the building, no matter how beautiful or poor it is. It's the people within that church that form the family of God. Amen? And I'm thankful for each one of you. I will quote again what the well-known pastor Rick Warren once said. He said, church is not a place you go to. Church is a family you belong to. You want to know why gangs are so attractive? Because of that. It, it, it's a place of belonging. It's a place of family. 
That's why it's so attractive to, to young people that don't have that. You know, I, I love our church family, and I've seen it grow over the years. Uh, every single one of you that I've met, I can remember, I can pinpoint a time that you began to, to come to church, and I can see the miracles in your life of God doing some amazing things in your life as you've walked with the Lord over the years. And today I had asked one of our family members to come and share uh, a testimony of what the family of God looks like to him, what, what this church has meant to him and his family. And I want to invite up to the stage right now, to the platform, um, Garland, if you would come up here. Give him a big hand as he comes up. He's going to share with us this afternoon. Come on up, my brother. And just tell me what's on your heart about the family of God. I feel like the pastor's pretty much said everything that I was thinking of already. <laughs> um, I guess my beginning is, have you ever just walked in the building, just felt like you belonged there? You saw so many smiles, so many arms welcoming you. That was how I felt when I first came to Foothill Christian. It felt like I belonged there. There was no other place that I needed to be. We were searching for our home. We found our home. We've stayed in our home. While here, we've grown. I mean, I got baptized. Yes. I would have never thought that. I was baptized previously with a different religion, held on to those ways, was so hard to let go of those ways. One day, I remember I took communion for the first time. I have never taken communion. The moment I took communion, I saw Mother Betty. She walked up to me, put her hands around me. That was love. She didn't really know me from, I guess the saying is you don't know someone from Adam and Eve. But she didn't know me, but she came and wrapped her arms around me, and she was happy for me. She loved me. Amen. My family got baptized as well. We've, I don't know, how long have we been there? We've been here some time. <laughs> My kids are small. They've seen them grow up to, the, to where they are now. Um, they, the church has been there through my trials and my tribulations. They've been there through my losses in my family. When my mom and dad passed away, I got myself, I guess I was in a hole. I didn't know how to get out of that hole. I knew God was there and he loved me, but the moment I came back to church, it's like all that weight was lifted. Someone grabbed me by my hand and just said, this is where you're supposed to be. We love you. And ever since then, I've never felt like that again. I mean, I felt loved, but I've never felt like going to that hole again. So the spiritual walk, it's continued to grow. My, I'm still growing. I mean, I felt like I've come a long way. The church has seen me come a long way. I've seen the church come a long way. I don't know, <laughs> but. That's great. Give him a big hand. Thank you, brother. That's wonderful. I, I first met Garland at a job I was working at in 2009, and um, I'll just share this real quickly. When I came into that department that I was working in, he was, along with about five other guys, 
every morning he'd come up and give a big hug to everybody there. And I thought, well, that was that's strange. I've never seen anybody do that at work, especially guys with other guys. And I said, check that guy out. Look at that. And I thought he was a believer, and he didn't have anything to do with church at that time. And yet he was searching. He was searching. His, his, his soul was searching. And I, I remember meeting May at that time, his wife, and she was pregnant at that time with Jaya. And so I've known Jaya all of her life and uh, knew you before you were even born, Jaya. And it's been a privilege. It's been a blessing to see you grow in this church. Amen. So again, I'm thankful for, for Garland. Give him another hand again because his family's been a blessing to our church. So I want to just talk to you uh, for the next few moments on, on a few things of regarding the family of God and what God does in that process of bringing you to a family. And, and the first thing I want to talk to you about is that, number one, God will take you out of your comfort zone. God will take you out of your comfort zone. How many know that right now Garland was out of his comfort zone? He does not like to speak up in front of people, but he's never said no when I've asked him. He's always obediently said, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll share whatever I have on my heart. And I really appreciate that about him. But one of the, 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 the first mysterious way that God works his wonders is to sometimes place a person exactly where they don't want to be. Exactly where they don't want to be because it happens to be a position where they're going to possibly grow. If you're ever wondering why God places you in a place and you're going, why am I here, Lord? How, how, why did you allow me to come here? God knows what he's doing, number one. Amen? Let, let's get that straight. God knows what he's doing. You can always look back. How many can look back at a situation and say, ah, I get it now. I see why the Lord allowed me to go through these places to get me to where I'm at now, to give me strength, to give me encouragement, to give me wisdom. Amen? I would say coming up to the altar for the first time, if you've never prayed at an altar, I would say coming up and praying and having tears, crying in front of other people are things that would bring you out of your comfort zone. How many can relate to that for the very first time? Again, sharing a testimony, whether it's Garland or last week, uh, or, or having Irene speak, uh, whoever it is, will take you out of your comfort zone. God's blessings are often poured out on those who are at the greatest disadvantage, on those that are empty. How many have ever felt empty? All of us have at some point. Every single one of us. And it's when you're empty and when you're at that place in your life that God can do amazing things in your life. Because you see, when everything's rolling your way, when the checks are coming in, when your bank account's full, when the car's paid, the bills are paid, and life is good, sometimes we ignore God. And yet when, it's, when we're empty, that's when you're in the greatest position for God to work in your life. Can I get an amen? See, Paul learned this lesson in, in his life. You see, it's in the empty place where God works his greatest wonders. His greatest miracles are in the empty place. And it's, it's God really taking you out of your comfort zone and placing you and depositing you someplace that you had no desire to possibly. But remember this, God doesn't leave you nor forsake you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 10, listen to what Paul says here. 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, or because of, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say that last sentence with me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that is the scripture. That is a reminder to tell you when you're on empty, when you're on empty, you're in a great position. God wants to help you so badly. He's there to help you and lift you up, amen, to encourage you. Don't, don't think of it as a, well, I've, I've lost it all. I, I, I can't do anything. You're right. You can't do anything. But with God, all things are possible, amen. When, when your position looks impossible to you, when, when it looks like there's no other door to go through, when it looks like the whole world's against you, just realize that's when God steps in and does miraculous works. How many have seen that in their life? God will transform a situation, open a door, close a door for your blessing. Amen? So he takes us out of, his comfort, out of our comfort zone. The second thing he can, he can do is he takes his time. How many know the Lord takes his time? All of us here have prayed a prayer and said, Lord, I pray this, and will you answer it in like in five minutes, right? We've all done that. We've all prayed a prayer like that because we all want an answer right now. But I want to tell you, God is not bound by eternity or by time. He's bound by eternity where there is no time. There is no chronos, no chronological time as you and I are affected. He's outside of the space of time. So what you and I are praying for, I need an answer by this Friday. I need an answer by the end of this month. God doesn't see that. He knows what's best for you, and he will answer in his timing, even though he's outside of time. Does that make sense? You see, there's no clocks or division of day or night in eternity. But again, we, we live for today and we look forward for tomorrow. And we live for tomorrow, but we want everything today. That's how we live. We live in a, in a society that wants everything right now. How many agree, would agree with that, right? We want to lose that 5 to 10 pounds today. We want to be in the express lane at the grocery store. We don't want to wait. We want our Amazon order shipped to us today. We don't want to, we paid for Prime. We want it today or tomorrow at the latest. Uh, we, we, we microwave our food and have it ready to eat in less than five minutes. We Uber our food, have it brought to our house because we're too lazy to go pick it up these days. We don't have patience anymore. And God is wanting to teach us pace, patience. How many know that good things come when you wait on God? God doesn't operate like that. He operates on his time. God takes his time. He's never in a hurry. God's never been in a hurry to show up. Never will be either. He doesn't waste his time. God is always building something special during those times. When you're waiting, 
Remember this, he's building your character. Character is everything. If, if a pastor doesn't have character, nobody will follow him. Amen? The minute a pastor falls, and every week seemingly we read about pastors that fall to this or fall to that, and, and, and that's lack of character. Why would anybody want to follow a pastor with no character? Amen? And, and so God is building character. He's building patience. He's building trust in each of you. He's helping us also to take our grip off the things of little value, the things that we think are important that he's telling, he's reminding you, hey, listen, at the end of the day, in eternity, that is no concern that you shouldn't be losing sleep over that. Amen? He's teaching us to look and to behold his presence, to hear his voice, to seek wisdom, and to wait on him. Psalm 27 and verse 14. I love the book of Psalms, Proverbs, because they're filled with wisdom on the things of God. In this verse, verse 14 of Psalm chapter 27, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Too often, I think, we want to jump in and make it happen. We want to, because we, we don't like to wait, so we got to do something. So we jump in, and, and then we mess it up. The minute we jumped in, when we knew better than that, and we should have been waiting, we messed things up. How many have done that? We've all done that. All of us. Why? Because we're human. We're prone to, to not waiting, especially on the things of God. Have you ever heard the expression, good things come to those who wait? Many people think that's often found in, in the Word of God. It's not. It's not even a scripture in the Word of God. But the theme is there of good things come to those who wait. It's not a scripture, but the general theme is. And God is wanting us to wait on him. His timing, not ours. It, it kind of goes back to that song that Carrie Underwood sang a few years back that says, Jesus, take the wheel. Right? Because when we're driving, we're, we're steering in the wrong places, going in the wrong directions at the wrong time. And ultimately, what you and I need to say is, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, I'm just not doing it right. I'm, I'm messing up. And when we do that, good things come. I'm also reminded when we're waiting of one of my favorite scriptures in the Word, which is Isaiah 40 and verse 31. And when we read this, I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. But whenever I read this, I want to sing it. <laughs> That's just the way I read this one. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you, if you know it, read it with me. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Waiting is a difficult thing. It's not, it doesn't come natural. But all throughout the Word of God, He's telling us to wait on Him. Wait on Him. Why? Because He's got the best plans for you. He's got them already laid out for you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life, young person, today. Mature person, today. He's got a, still a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't mess it up for your life. Let his plan take place. Amen? See, when, when, when God has us waiting, 
He gets our attention. He often gets our attention in those situations. And what that means to you and I is that he's up to something good. He's up to something good. Just wait on him. I promise you it will turn out good if you wait on him. So those first two things, the family of God, we are taken out of our comfort zone. And then secondly, he will take us out of, or he will take his time. The third thing I want to tell you that he does with his spiritual family is he reminds you and I that that you are his. He tells you that you are his, that you belong to him. I mentioned at the beginning, some of us didn't have that right family growing up. Maybe you were missing a a mom or a dad. Uh, Maybe you were raised by your grandparents. And, And all of us, I don't care who you are, how old you are, you long to belong. Amen? All of us long to belong to somebody. And the Lord wants to remind you, you are his. You are his child. That's why I love to tell you in this place, you are a child of the king. Look at your neighbor right now and just tell him, I am a child of the king. Yes, amen. See, God loves you today as his creation. He created you. He loves you so much that he constantly reminds us of his love through his word. But you have to crack it open. You have to look at his word, whether that's through an app, through a hardcover Bible, through a podcast, whatever it is, however you choose to read the Bible, you will never know how much you are loved unless you actually listen to it, read it. Amen? Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. Listen to these words. For you, he's talking about you here today. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And he, he made you, you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. The Lord's works are wonderful. You see, it's a blessing to know that the, the creator of heaven, the one that put this world into motion created you he created you as his son as his daughter because he loves you it's not only knowing that he's your creator but he's also reminding you that you belong to a family now a spiritual family and 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 what's more important belonging to his family it's also knowing that you're accepted you're accepted when when somebody walks in through those doors we love those people we accept them whoever they are. Amen? Can I get a louder amen than that? Amen? Our church accepts everybody that walks in through those doors. And that's who we are because that's who God is. He accepts everybody who walks in through those doors. All of us in this place today, unfortunately though, have been rejected by others. All of us can relate to that, right? Whether it's by society, maybe it was because of the, of the pigmentation of your skin or your financial status or where you lived, where you came from. All of us have been rejected at some point in our lives. That's just the world we live in. But I want to remind you today, in the house of God, He accepts you as you are, amen? All of us, again, what I love about our church, it's black, white, brown, all, everybody here in American Canyon, we are mixed, Vallejo, surrounding communities, we are mixed, and I love to see that in our community, amen, and in our church. 
Jesus accepts us right where we're at. See, the Heavenly Father sent Jesus to die for our sins to place us in a spiritual family. And, and Jesus says this in the book of the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 14 through 16. Listen to these words of Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are, that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. How many are thankful that we belong to the shepherd? Amen. That he knows his sheep, that he knows your voice. He hears your cry. When you're running on empty, he hears that cry. Don't lose faith, child of God. He hears your cry. He will bring an answer to your prayer in due time, in due season. Amen? You know, that sacrificial love that brought us acceptance, love, and that we now belong to the family of God, it's a powerful thing. It's nurtured by His Spirit, by His presence, as you read the Word of God, as you pray, which is talking to God. That's all prayer is. It's talking to God. Lord, here I am. I'm running on empty. I don't know how I'm going to get by today. I don't even know about the rest of the week. And on and on and on. Yes, he knows where you're at already, but he wants you to express that to him. He wants to hear you express that to him. He's going to nurture your spirit. He's going to nurture you and grow you and give you patience and give you wisdom in that process. And again, I'm here to tell you today that you are a child of the king and that you are to rebuke the lies of the enemy who has tried to steal that true identity from you. Don't let the world tell you who you are. Don't let the world or somebody tell you who you are because if you're not careful, they will tell you who you are and where you belong and where you fit in society. You are a child of the king. You are a son and a daughter, the most high God. He's adopted you into his family. What a great privilege that is. And because you are a child, or you, you are his child, you are also my brother and sister in Christ. Together we're brothers and sisters. I have many uh, family members here, and, and some that even aren't here today, that come here regularly. But beyond that, I have an external family, the family of God here. You're all my brothers and sisters, amen? Will you stand with me as we close today? The beautiful thing about the family of God is also this, that when one rejoices, we all rejoice. When we hear testimonies like Garland's or Irene's from last week, we can rejoice in the things that God is doing in their life. And also the, the opposite is true, that when one grieves, the whole family grieves. How many know you're aware that... Um, Sister Brenda Quirk's mom passed away. Uh, she passed away this past this week, this past week. So keep her in your prayers. We're saddened to hear of the loss of her mother, but her mother was a believer. Did you know that? Her mother was a believer in Christ. So we can rejoice that one day she shall, she shall see her mother again. Again, that's what a family does. We grieve together. We're also, we also rejoice together. 
I want to remind you today, we're all here together, each of us. There's nothing more beautiful than a family that loves each other and loves God. How many would agree with me on that? Inclusion, that means including all kinds of people walking in through that door, regardless of skin color, financial status, male, female, whoever they are, as they walk in through these doors, it's important because it strengthens the body. You see, and aren't you thankful that God's creation aren't all just like you? How boring this world would be if they were all just like you. And you can elbow the person you're sitting next to and tell them, yeah, I'm thankful they're not all just like you or like me. God is diverse. All you have to do is look at his creation in nature and look at us at each other. He is diverse. But he wants a family. At the end of the day, he wants you to be a part of his family. So, Lord, we come before you this afternoon, and we're so grateful and thankful for this family. We pray, Father, your blessings. We pray, Father, your inclusion, that you would help us to be included in that. We long to grow in you, Lord. We long to have our prayers answered. And, Lord, yes, teach us to wait. Teach us to wait on you, for your timing is always right. Whatever you're going through today, child of God, trust him. Choose him today. Don't jump in and make a mess of things, but allow God to make the best laid plans for you to come to pass because he wants the best for your future today. And so I pray that for every single one here today, family member, I pray God's blessings upon your life. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. Lord, you have been so good that you have answered prayers. You've been a miracle-working God, and you will continue to do that in our lives, bringing miracles to pass where we can't see an answer, Lord. We know that you are already working on that answer. We know that you are working because you are a way maker, a promise keeper. And so, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Just today, before we close, with your heads bowed, if there's anybody here that has a prayer need, you're looking for something, you're waiting on God for an answer, you're looking for something, just, just slip your hand up so I know who to be praying for. Yes, I see your hands today. I see your hands. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see the hands represented here today. And Father, we come before you right now, and these are your children that have been praying for an answer. They're looking for you, Lord, to, to bring about a solution, to bring about a way, to bring about a path. Lord, that you'll deliver them from certain situations. Lord, that you'll bring about uh, your plan, your purpose in their life. Father, I know this, that we are your beloved children and you want the best for us. And we pray right now that blessing upon each hand that was raised today that you would make a way for those that are in need of a, of a touch in their body. I pray, Lord, for those that I know right now personally 
and any of those in here today that you would touch them father from the top of their head to the soles of their feet may they experience the touch of the master in their bodies right now lord in the name of jesus touch them and bring them healing father god we give you the glory we give you the honor father and lord most of all we pray stir us stir us stir our spirits lord that we would seek you lord lord we pray for a sound body a sound mind but more importantly lord a sound spirit with you lord that we would be lord giving you the glory and honor for everything in our life every day of our life we give you the glory we give you the honor father today we thank you for the family of god again we pray father your comfort lord for those that need comfort today for brenda and her family we pray for those that are struggling today lord that you would bring an answer to their prayer request we pray that in the name of jesus again as we close today just lift your hands and we're going to pray a blessing the blessing that i pray over every single one at the end of our services so just lift your hands with me today father but may the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in jesus name receive that today in jesus name god bless you have a wonderful rest of your sunday amen amen